Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the NBA Holes with your hosts Brandon DePerno and Jules Ownby. Today we have a really interesting episode for you guys. We brought on my friend Inti Salinas, who is an assistant coach at Brebeuf College here in Montreal, which has kind of become a powerhouse in the city. They've sent a player to the NCAA every year for the last seven years, so we talked a lot about coaching with him as well as player development because he's, he works as a skill development coach with a lot of high-level guys in the city. We also got into his favorite team, the Nuggets, and just had a generally fun time. So I think you guys will enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy. <laughs> Let's get into the Nuggets. How are you feeling about uh, the Nuggets offseason? Uh, not great. We didn't get any huge, but we signed, we signed, uh, we signed Paul Millsap, which was a big one. Cause he's mm-hmm. he's like like the glue kind of thing. Jamal Murray, I was kind of hesitant on Jamal Murray. I'm kind of hesitant on Canadian basketball players in general because I find that the the mentality usually isn't the same. But Jamal Murray proved me wrong. Um, and the team, yeah, overall, he had a I mean, good bubble. Yeah, he had a great bubble. <laughs> and then Jokic, Seven. Jokic, Paul Millsap, MPJ. If he could stay healthy, he he looks like a very like a, he looks like a future All Star already. And if we can get Bull Bull start playing significant minutes that'd be cool bah. <laughs> we just, we just would you have solid... traded would yeah, you have boy. traded mpj for mm-hmm. i mean the drew holiday deal would you have done mpj for drew holiday no not at all because you already okay. have... what about bradley beal no not at all either no I, really no. no i wouldn't mpj because mpj is what 21 like, yeah something 20 he's, he's gonna reach it, yeah he's gonna reach his peak at what 24 he's 22 28 22 yeah so he has another six eight years you know of like legit prime bradley beal maybe has two or three you know and then drew holiday i love drew holiday he's actually a player that um i study a lot to when i teach and when i coach because he's very fundamentally sound but also like elite on defense but he would have been a nice pickup like i would have traded like bull bull for him but not (laughs) for fuck (laughs) No, Bobo's amazing. Bobo can Bobo is let's, like literally. Let's calm down a little bit here now. Like, ah, uh, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. But I just find that his potential is crazy. His potential. His potential is just... just to stay on the MPJ thing. Yeah, I feel like, like when he came out, there was teams that said like, like the Clippers red flagged him, said we can't draft him at any pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he had one bad. good bubble. Exactly. Now he had one good bubble. And his stock is so high. And mm-hmm. I feel like like it could obviously work out, right? Because he could clearly be mm-hmm. like a 2010 guy, space the floor, get rebounds, yeah. be maybe eventually, hopefully figured out on defense. He's definitely athletic enough to do it. But well, if he gets thing, hurt, like yeah. if, he, if it ends up being the red flags are true mm-hmm. and they kind of lose him for nothing – yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like I wouldn't have done it for Drew Holiday, but if there even is like a slight possibility of MPJ for Bradley Beal, I would. Mm-hmm. I think I would for sure at least think real hard about it. But the, my only issue with that is that because if you bring in Bradley Beal, like I would have traded more Jamal Murray for Bradley Beal if I was going to do one of those hmm. because they're kind of like identically the same players, and you can't have two of them. Like literally, they. Jokic is their point guard, right? Like, Jokic is the guy that runs off. But if you bring in two scorers like that, Jokic will have the ball even less. And Jamal Murray's cool with just, like, 
floating around and handoffs and all that stuff. But Bradley Beal really likes to have the ball in his hand. So I don't know if the fit would have been perfect. But MPJ, like, you can see for casual fans of the Nuggets, they only saw him in the bubble. But if you saw him throughout, even, like, throughout the season, he had moments. It's just like Michael Malone is super uh, tight with rookies. He's always been like that. Yeah. Um, but MPJ had moments where he just shows – and I don't think he'll ever be a great defender because he um, he's kind of a bit of a tweener on that side where, like, he's not quick enough to guard guards and he's not really big enough to guard big. So he's kind of, like, yeah. stuck right in between. And yeah. I, I don't think he'll ever be a great defender. But if he could just be, like – I think he's more going to be, like, a, a guy that's going to average, like, 25, 28 and, like, four or five rebounds and, like, one assist. Four like, or five nothing, rebounds. Yeah, he's not – He's he had seven rebounds in the bubble. Yeah, but the bubble is a whole anomaly. Like the bubble. Okay, well, I mean, LeBron he was already played? averaging five rebounds last season during the regular season, playing sixteen minutes a game. Like, yeah, that's, like that's he awesome. he can but clearly get boards because he's with the bench. Though, if you're out there with Jokic and Paul Millsap, he's not going to be getting the same amount of rebounds. I don't find I don't find he's a good rebounder. Like really, I thought that was one of his best that. things. Uh, honestly, offensively, offensive rebounds, yeah. Defensively, yeah. he doesn't. Again, defensively, he's a, quite a bit. He's of just so lost. He, yeah, he's, he's just so lost. lost because he never played in college. Like he went from high school, then he played, I think, one game in college, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. And then didn't play his whole rookie season, and then yeah. you know, so no, it's understandable for him to be lost, and I'm not. I'm not really worried about him defensively. Yeah, like, but mo- most stars he'll figure really it out enough. I would say, how many, hopefully, how many stars can you say that are leg- legitimately good on defense, like on all aspects, like off? I mean, is like a decent amount, like decent amount. Let's say Ben let's say Simmons, ben Simmons <laughs> Kawhi, okay. LeBron. AD. LeBron, get out of here. LeBron's not a good defender, man. You're, you're joking. Even the end when he was fouling Jamal Murray every two possessions, thinking he was shutting him down. It's like, okay. I'm not going to I'm not gonna even do this with you. If you just <laughs> hate LeBron, there's no there's no point addressing it. Okay. But, but uh, anyways. Uh, he's not a good no, you defender. go on. But I just find that if you're good enough offensively, your offense kind of becomes your defense. Because... You just give enough to the team, you know? Spoken like a guy who, who loves to pull up for 30-footers, eh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't play a lot of defense during my career either. Like, but, uh, Me neither, my guy. Yeah, that's, that's the life, man. It's a little bit more relaxed. Oh, we uh, got a... Howard wants to speak, man. Let's see what Howard has to say. Of course, bring in Howard. Howard, how are you, sir? What's up? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. Welcome. Welcome. Been, what do you got for us? You sound super Canadian. I am Canadian. I am Canadian. I knew it. Yeah. Well, I didn't. No one's ever said that to me before. Super That's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, you're talking really? to other Canadians. That's why they don't tell you you sound like a Canadian. Inti. Inti. Yeah. Is that your? Is that your name? Yeah, it's my name. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great to yeah. meet you. Did you guys? You guys didn't meet on lockdown, did you? No, no, no. We no, we've met. known each other for a long time. Yeah, we actually we played basketball for the same school. Um, just different teams. Yeah, we've just been cool. We're just cool people, so we just got along. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just boys. Different yeah. teams. Somebody was on varsity and somebody wasn't, or what? We don't need to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh! We, we don't need to get that deep into it. 
<laughs> yeah, but it was similar to that. But yeah, no, but Jules was good. Jules was good, but um, yeah. Inti was better. Wow. <laughs> Inti, big flex. So let me ask you, how, did you guys hear this news about Jello Ball? What about no, it? No, what, what's the news? He's signing a one-year non-guaranteed contract with the uh, with the Pistons. With the what? Pistons? What? Yeah. He, Hold on, let me get on this guy. right now. Is this a prank? Politics. <laughs> yeah, Howard comes with a prank out of nowhere. One-year oh. non-guaranteed deal with the Pistons. That is insanity. That's yeah. crazy. All right, I'm gonna get out of here. But this is I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to listen. But that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Well, thank right, you we'll for your time, see. Howard, man. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. This guy dropped a, a Jello bomb on us. Yeah, damn, <laughs> Jello. But Jello is just—he's not good at basketball. Player, he's not a good basketball player at all. No, that's like, really all. weird. But I don't. But it's also the Pistons. The Pistons are like um, one of the most misorganized, uh, like teams, organizations. <laughs> yeah, anything. Like, I was—I was gonna say team, but I was like, no, it's bigger than that. But like, they're just. Because I used to be a Sacramento Kings fan, and the Sacramento Kings what? are, yeah. Because thing I grew up in Arizona, so I grew up in Arizona. The and then Mike Bibby was my favorite player, and then Mike okay, Bibby got traded to the Kings, so I was a Kings fan, and the Kings were good at the time. And then I was, I just liked the Kings. I liked Pedro Stojakovic. I liked the Christie. I liked the whole team, Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, and I was like, yo, I like this team. And then I was a fan for throughout till like 2012 or 2013. Is when they drafted uh, Willie Cauley Stein. I was like, when we had Demarcus Cousins, and they drafted three centers in the draft. And I was like, are you guys <laughs> on crack? <laughs> what are you guys doing? And I was like, I was out of there. I was like, done. Yeah, and I'm not sure Marcus how many fan. Kings fans are left, man. Honestly, oh, I don't so, think many. Dark times. Know. We can get into we can get into hoops on the rise if you want here a little bit. What's uh, explain to our three current listeners what hoops on the rise is. Well, Hoops on the Rise, if you guys want to check it out, is uh, it's my media platform. It's kind of like a Ball is Life uh, Dollarama version, you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, basically just to give exposure to uh, Montreal basketball players and, like, show how much talent there is here. Because, I mean, for our listeners who were, like, watching the the bubble, like, we had a, a Montrealer, Lugans Dort, who plays for OKC who had a great series and a great game seven where he dropped 30. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. have a lot of talent here. And there's another guy that signed to, uh, to the, Orlando. the magic. Yeah. Kareem Maine, Kareem Mane. Um, and, uh, so and yeah, he went I mean, from Vanier, which is essentially yeah. for the Americans. It's, like I mean, it's not even a prep school. It's like going from like division three straight to the NBA. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll consider it prep school because, I mean, I coach at a, a similar type of program. And, and when we play prep schools, like big ones, we usually beat them. Like, there's not, like, uh, like really big ones. Like, we played um, a team with Amidou Diallo. Like, really? Years ago, four years ago. And we beat them by, like, 15. <laughs> but you guys are a powerhouse now. Yeah, but so is Banyan. So, yeah. But he's also a little bit older. He's 20, you know? So it's a little mm-hmm. different. But, yeah, it's, I, I guess for the Americans, uh, myself included, if you compare it to D3, yeah. It's like going D3 and then going straight to the league. Which is yeah, it's crazy. nonsense. It's pretty kinda wild. Crazy. Have you seen but, him play in person? I've never seen him play. Yeah, I coached against him for three years. <laughs> but, What's uh, he like? 
he's um he's very athletic very very athletic uh he's like a six five he's more of a combo guard but they try to put him at the point guard but he's um he's strong he's very athletic he can his biggest flaws right now i would say would be shooting and then maybe um defense at times because he has good he has good potential like in the draft they compared him to dwayne bacon so I think that was a good, pretty good. They were between Dwayne Bacon and they said like ceiling would be like Drew Holiday, but that's a, I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's a pretty it's high ceiling. Yeah, I don't like, and also like Drew Holiday's defense is just like one of a kind. So I was like, that's kind of like, it's like if someone was like, oh, that's Kawhi like defense. You know, it's like no, it's not that. Yeah, many. I mean, it's the best guard defender in the league, and you're talking about a yeah. guy who's undrafted on like a what is he on a two way or something like yeah, that? So. He's on a two way. Yeah, it's like, and it's also like the players he was guarding in this league. Like, there's like three or four good teams out of eight. You know, like, like yeah. literally, you'll have like, like us is like we have three tight games, and then we have like ten blowouts of fifty points. You know, <laughs> so and how like, many? Really... How many guys do you have like at Bray Buff that have gone to to D one recently? Uh, well, the last seven years we've sent a guy every year, so we got seven seven guys. That's wild, man. That's really yeah. impressive. And one of them, one of them, Nathan Ko, actually, they beat Kentucky on Saturday. Yeah, I saw that. Sunday. He plays for Richmond, right? Yeah, he plays for Richmond, and they beat Kentucky. He had 18, 18 points there. Jeez. Like, what happened at Bray Buff? This is getting to be a very niche podcast for anyone who's American here, but yeah. what happened at Bray Buff to turn it into, like, the only program in Montreal that sends guys to 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 the States, basically. Well, Mike, the head coach, Mike Schmoleski, is, one, a genius. Like, okay. literally a basketball genius, so that helps. And then um, he brought in his brother, Adam Schmoleski, who um, it's is... It's the Schmoleski powers, dude. Just... Yeah. It's all I mean, about I, the schmelz. Yeah, all the skis. Like, if you're skis, like, <laughs> you know, Coach K and all that, like, if you're a ski, Popovich and all them, all them do a really good job coaching. But um, Adam was actually an elite basketball player, and he actually played D1 at St. Francis in New York. Um, so his development, and they brought me in to do more player development. So we have a lot of player development. So we get guys, the guys just get improved. And then Mike's a genius in teaching the game and how to play the game. And so that whenever they go or wherever they go, they're always successful. Like all our guys start, you know, like we have a guy that plays for SMU. He starts. We have a guy who plays for Western Michigan. He starts. Nathan starts. The guy who plays for Maine starts. Wow. You know, and it's like all the guys are. That's in, really impressive. You know, all the guys that are in Canada are starting to at Ottawa, at Bishops, at McGill. They all start. So it's like, but that's credit to Mike because I learned more from Mike than I learned from any other coach in my entire life, and like in a short period of time, like in a month, I learned more. You know, because he just what like crazy. what exactly what's so. I know this is a vague question, but what is so different between him and say like a like a Concordia coach that you played for, which is a university? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I find that he understands. Like one thing I find a lot of coaches do is that they focus on what players can't do instead of focusing on what they can do. You know, it's okay. like just like that's one thing. So Mike will always put the players in positions where they can succeed and then on top of that when it's skill development it's very individual it's not kind of generic you know because he'll be like yeah. let's say okay oh Jules is very very shifty 
but NT's more of a methodical guard, you know? I'm just wow, like, that's the it. exact opposite of what I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm also not a very methodical guard. I'm a little erratic, You flipped but... us, bro. You... Go on, yes. go on. All right. And I didn't want to be that reverse racism and call the white guy slow. So I was like, let's make him. I'm just a gym athletic. rat, man. Yeah. I'm a gym rat. One of the hardest yeah. workers out there. Sneaky athletic. Sneaky. But yeah, like basically it was just like he would, he would uh, tailor each workout to each player. So like in the, he wouldn't waste his time trying to make a guard shifty who just simply isn't shifty. He would teach him how to use his body, angles, and just a bunch of details. Yeah. There's so yeah. much so many details so many so many details and so basically like this is a guy who he gets a team and he's building like a new system around his players every year instead of just running out the same plays the same thing no matter who's on your team like i'll tell you this the first semester is like eight games we don't even have any plays really we have zero plays we have one out of bounds play we don't have a zone because he doesn't want zone because he says a zone doesn't teach him how to play defense so we never ever play zone and then, uh, what else? Yeah, it's basically just motion. Just and pass, just, screen, and just pick concepts. and roll. It's just concepts. It's all concepts. It's just how to space, how to cut, when to cut, and then just play to your strengths. And then just rolls. Like, I remember my first year, I was like, I just finished playing university basketball. I was done playing basketball. I was just watching him. And then, like, we're, like, two weeks before our first season game. And I'm like, we don't have any plays. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and, and we have what no do we defense. do here, guys? I'm like, we have no press. We have no zone. I'm like, we're going to lose. I'm like, we have a big game coming up. And we won by 45. And I was like, jeez. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, everything so, that he said would work, would work. So and, if you don't have of, plays, say the first eight games, you don't have plays, is this guy then yeah. taking, like, the Christmas break? To yeah. like break down film and come back with a whole new offense, yeah, yeah. a defense designed around just your guys. Yeah. Now, because after wow. eight games, he has a small sample of what he wants and what what type of offense we should run. You know, there was a year where we were we had uh, two very very good players, William Boye, who's at Western Michigan, and then another one that's at uh, the University of, of Ottawa. Okay. And all we did was ISO both of them. Because they were just so good, and we had a bunch of and we had a bunch of role players that just hit shots and played defense, you know. So that's yeah. what we did. But then, like last year, it was just pure motion offense. Like everyone touched the ball, everyone passed, everyone brought up the ball, everyone just like our four would bring it up. Everyone set screens. So it was like if you looked at our games from two years difference, you didn't even recognize it. You'd think that there was a coaching change or something. Man, that's really cool. That's really cool to see. Because but, I mean, especially here in Montreal, man, it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of the well, same my, thing, the same thing, the yeah, same thing, like, right? Like Dawson, like for the listeners, like, I played at the school called Dawson, and that so was did I. Yeah, so, so did so, <laughs> so, so did Jules. And uh, well, the thing is that Wayne ran the same plays in 2010 that he's running now. Like yeah. I knew all the plays when we played them. I was like, oh, okay, he's running, you know. And it's like I find out what's it a called, Phoenix. Coach. Yeah, there's Phoenix. Yeah, there's, yeah, you even know them. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on, man. Too easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like the same plays. And, and Wayne is a great coach, and he was a great player. But I just find a lot of coaches don't want – they don't want to improve as much as their players are improving, you know, because you got to evolve and change. Like Mike will message me at 4 a.m. and be like, hey, NT, I saw this play on Boston. What do you think? Wow. And I'm just like, 
what are you talking about? I'm like, he doesn't even tell me what play. I'm just like, and then he's going to find it. Yeah. He was like, I got you. Man, that's really cool to hear. And your role as like a, as a player development guy, you've worked with guys. You're working with the guys who are going to to the States. And I know you worked with Chartouni, right? Who's playing, where's he playing now or? Well, Chartouni, he, he went to Marquette and after he played at Marquette, he went to Lebanon to play professionally and he was making really good money and on on the, in the top league there, played for the national team. Um, and he, uh, he now, because of COVID and all that, he's back in Montreal. Yeah, he's back, right? Um, but me and him, we still work. We work out together. I've been working him out for a long time. I used to drive to New York when he used to play at Fordham University. And we used you to customize workouts with him? Yeah. Because him, it's tough because it's it's weird training someone so much better than you. Yeah. Because you're like, what am I going to teach you? You're so much better. But that's what's beautiful about basketball. It's like all these little intricacies, footworks, angles, and all this. And it's stuff that... He's just better than me because, one, he's 6'4 and, like, 220 pounds of muscle, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. helps. And then also he's, his IQ is off the charts, but there's a lot of things I do better in shooting or just different ways to attack the rim, or uh, different footwork. So, yeah, so that's my thing. I just – all the guys, even once they leave, they come back. I, I still work with them, you know. And so when you're working with – like, say you're working with a Chartouni or, like, uh, Kayo, who's yeah. – who's so good and you need to, where you, where do you find drills and where do you find, I mean, basically the, the things that you use to develop their skills. Well, originally, well, with guards, it's a lot easier because what I like to do is I'll I'll play one-on-one with them and then I'll see regular deficiencies. I'll be like, okay, if I send him left, what does he do? Because Earl Watson was actually talking about this on Gilbert Arenas' podcast. So, um, but he talks about patterns and how each player has patterns and that yeah. a great scorer doesn't have patterns. And he said that when he saw Devin Booker work out, he's like, this guy doesn't have any patterns. There's no, like, if he goes between the legs, he'll go behind the back after. Or yeah. Between he's not repeating moves all the time. Yeah. He has no patterns. Right. So when I'm playing someone one-on-one, I try to read patterns and that's what good defenders do. And then once they read your patterns, they can guard you and lock you up. And then they can just start taking the ball from you. But so with one-on-one guys, I'll play one-on-one and I'll be like, oh, okay. You have this deficiency when you go left. I know what you're going to do when you go right. I know what you're going to do. And then it's just at a point where we work on those deficiencies. And then there's other times where like, let's say Nathan Kale, who's six, seven, me him playing one-on-one is not really beneficial because either it's going to be him overpower me and yeah. his height or me using my speed. And so no one's going to get better. It's just going to be like, I won't be able to gauge what he's weak at because he's just going to do what he's good at. Okay. But so what do you do in that, in that case? I put, I put them in a generic workout. The first one is just a generic one. We'll do like 30 minutes ball handling, 30 minutes shooting, 30 minutes fish, finishing. And I kind of just look at footwork, look at uh, uh, the angles they're taking and stuff. And then we'll work throughout that. And I film a lot of stuff too. I'll film workouts, I'll film shooting. And then like I'll go home and just look at the shot and be like, okay, you need to change your feet or you need to change your elbow or, you know, fall through a little bit more or whatever, you know, head position, yeah. all this stuff. Because let's say, you know, you remember Kyle DeMario? Yeah. So Kyle DeMario is one of the most famous basketball players out of Montreal. For anyone listening, he knows nothing about Montreal, but he was a very good basketball <laughs> For player. everyone listening at this point in time. For, every, for all the four people listening, um, 
Yeah, so he, I actually saw him the other day, and he asked me to just check out his shot, and I filmed it, and I went home, and it was just like, I noticed like three or four things, and then I have a little book where I write down all my drills, and it's like, but I have it like categorized, you know, like if a, sh a shot needs arc, or if it needs to be one motion or two motions or whatever, so then I just look at my little book, I tell him, hey, these are the, this is what's wrong with your shot, and these are the three exercises you should be doing, and then he did it. And he told me it's been going a lot better, you know? So wow. it's just like, it's been a long process, but it's, it's very, I just kind of individualize everything. That's really, I mean, that's got, it's the best way to do it, right? Individualize and break it down. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Let me ask yeah. you something. So who's the, who's the best guy, the best guy you've played with or, or trained? Uh -huh. And then who's like, who's the guy that you've trained that, has the most had the most potential but you felt like he didn't have it yet okay well the best guy i've trained i'd say joseph joseph chartuni because he's just he's so talented um and then the best guy well, there's a kid i'm training right now he's 17 he's actually going to nba academy uh in mexico uh, but because of COVID, he's still in town, so we're still working out together. Uh, okay. His name is Will Gens Exact. He's looked at as, like, I think he's number two in Canada for his class or something uh -huh. like that. He's, like, 6'6", six, six, um, guard, super athletic. Where does he play in Montreal? Player. He played at Sun Youth. Okay, nice. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Protect the nest. Protect the nest. Protect yeah. Yeah, so uh, he played for Sun Youth and... Um, he has some crazy highlights. Like, he just flies around. But so with him, I work on a lot of just decision-making, pace, and all this stuff. And I wouldn't say he hasn't reached, but his potential is crazy. Like, he has the highest potential. Like, he has NBA potential. Okay. And if you yeah. – say when you're working with him, do you have, yeah. like, a like a master plan type of thing? Like, yeah, yeah. I want to do this, that, then this, then this, then this. Yeah, exactly. I communicate all that to him, you know? Cause like anything, like I tell them, it's like building a house. You know, you gotta build a foundation. Like you don't start with the jacuzzi on the roof, you know, cause that's no point. So we start <laughs> with the foundation. Like we go foundation, and with him, it's a lot of passing, decision making, um, just understanding the game. You know, understanding angles, understanding what passing lanes you'll have, what driving lanes you'll have. You know, uh -huh. certain just lingo and pace you know because with athletic guys they're usually usually they go way too fast like a westbrook um and then they just kind of like eliminate it because they don't change pace and so we're working on that making him not rely on his athleticism i do a lot of like post work with him too because i want him to understand that like just because you're big and strong and tall doesn't mean that you have to pretend you're just a guard you know like if you have a a six foot guard on you just go post them up you know don't play with the ball but He's going to be something special for sure. Cool. Cool. Interesting. Interesting yeah. talk. Yeah. Um, I remember actually speaking of Sun Youth, I remember I played against Andrew Wiggins back in the Sun Youth tournament when Andrew Wiggins was yeah. 16. Yeah. I was there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he had a, we actually, I think, well, we won in overtime, um, but he had a great game. Yeah. He was really, really, really good. I you remember being at that, that game. Mm -hmm. I just remember being at that game and thinking, like, like this guy has all the tools, but it just seemed like he didn't care that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you he wasn't super locked in. Yeah, exactly. It just you see, 
Yeah. Is the same thing that we saw when he was 16 years old. Yeah. Because people don't change, man. People, I tell people all the time, like, that's why the, the kid will get so We work a lot about mental stuff and on body language and all that. Cause I'm like, once you develop your habits and like the person that you are, like, you're not going to change. Like you really, yeah, that's it's hard to, you are. it's hard to break, hard to break bad habits, no matter who, exactly. how good you are at anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. So with him, it's a lot about that. But yeah, I remember that's crazy. You were at that game. You must have been yeah, what, like eight. Cause I was, I was twenty. <laughs> I was. 20. I, was uh, I think I'm the same age as Andrew Wiggins. So I think I was sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember I was twenty. Cause I was like I played well. I think I had like twenty in that game, and I was like feeling yourself, good. eh? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought he. I thought he was eighteen or nineteen. And then, like after he was like, oh no, by the way, he's sixteen. I was like, oh, never mind. I felt good. I was Damn. like, oh, I'm not. I'm like, I'm as good as this guy. He's number one in the country. And I was like, oh, he's 16? Okay, never mind. I suck. And then I just went home. Wow, well. Yeah. But, yeah I remember maybe, if he had, maybe if you'd modeled his game, modeled your game after <laughs> somebody better than Dame Lillard. Yeah, exactly. I should have picked, like, LeBron. LeBron, Steph Curry. Dude, if you'd modeled your game after LeBron, I'd be your biggest fan. <laughs> I know, but it, it wouldn't look the same, man. I'd be just happy <laughs> bored. <laughs> there would be no dunks. And definitely no chase down blocks. No, it would have been would have been a little chase, different for sure. Chase down flagrant fouls. That's what I would do. That was my specialty. That was my specialty, <laughs> man. Yeah, but who's your favorite team? Like, is it just actually like any team that LeBron is on? I'm not really like a favorite team guy. I'm just a really big fan of the league and okay. individual players. So, like, like I am a very big LeBron fan, and. Mm-hmm. But I try to stay, like, relatively impartial, you know what I mean? Like, I try not to be one of those guys that everything LeBron does is good or everything the team I want to win does is good, you know what I mean? So, but but is that tough to watch games? Is it tough to watch games when you, like, don't really have, like, a... Like an emotional investment. Man, in the it's game so much. Like... It's so much more fun because I'm so, I'm such an emotional person. Like I watch yeah. games and I'm like yelling at the TV, swearing. It's like, dude, you just need to chill. <laughs> you just need to not care this much about basketball. Uh-huh. So, but I'm I'm so a huge like bandwagon guy in general. Like if when I, when I was watching the Clippers Nuggets series, I was like so far behind the Nuggets, like. I was so hyped because I was hating on the Clippers very hard. Um, I'm a big Lakers guy. I've liked, I've been a fan of the Sixers since like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons got there, but that's getting pretty disappointing. I mean, it, I'm excited about this year for the Sixers. But honestly, I could probably tell you like 13 teams that I'm a fan of. Okay, so, so basically, like, let's say, so basically, you just kind of go with like the per game. Like, let's say, like the finals. Was the finals? Were you? Because were you rooting at all for the Heat? No, I'm. I'm. Okay, my profile so says Braun sexual, sir. Okay, so you still want? I put a label on it. Yeah, no, LeBron okay. is my favorite player of all time. He's my favorite player okay. of all time. Okay, okay. But um, I will say that sometimes it's sometimes it's like stressful watching LeBron because I can feel the takes coming the next day. I can yeah, feel yeah, the yeah. whole news cycle. So like it's we like lost to the Heat, and they like walked away. Exactly. Like you already feel all of the like I feel the pressure for him. It's insane that this guy's had this pressure since he was sixteen and he's yeah. just he apparently doesn't feel it at all. 
Oh, he feels it, man. He feels I mean, he obviously he feels it, but... He even snaps a couple of times. Like, that time in that press conference, like, well, I mean, the people that hate on me are going to go back to their shitty jobs and be broke tomorrow, so it's all good. <laughs> He's like, I got to go to my house and live my life. <laughs> like, all right. Well, he does a he does a pretty good job of handling no, no, it. I think it's cleanest, safe to say. He's cleanest, like, he's the cleanest superstar ever for sure. Yeah, he's not he's not Malik Beasley for sure, but he's no he's no Malik Beasley. He's no Jello Ball. Yeah, freaking Jello Ball. He's terrible. Brand new now, Pistons superstar. But what what sucks is like they give him an opportunity when like there's a kid that probably really deserved it. You know what I mean? Like there's a kid out there that actually that like, grinded and worked hard and was as good or probably way better than jello way better way better yeah and they just give the opportunity to him that's really honestly that's really weird i'll i'm gonna be looking at like i'm excited to see what the news is the news cycle following this because this makes no sense this guy is zero percent an nba player no exactly like he he's been trying to get in the g league for like four years and he hasn't been able to so like how is he going to go straight to the league like i don't understand I don't know. I have to but, see. Wait. Since you're a Sixers fan, I had a question for you. Tell me. Do you think that the Warriors made a mistake by not trading the second overall pick and trying to get a Ben Simmons? Like trying to, let's say, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. Second I don't. They wouldn't pick. have gotten him anyways. You don't think the Sixers would accept any form of package with the second overall pick? And no, because the draft was just not good enough for the second overall pick. What are you, you're going to get James Wiseman or or Lamelo Ball for Ben Simmons? When the best case scenario for a James Wiseman or a Lamelo Ball is probably not what Ben Simmons is even now. So, like the Warriors, if the Warriors had a chance to do it, like of course but they should have done it. But you're su- you're super high on Ben Simmons. That high I'm not super high on Ben Simmons, but he's already an All NBA player. Yeah, but and he's James already Wiseman All Defense, nice. and he's only going to get better. But James Wiseman looks very, very good. I mean, what but, are the Sixers going to do with James Wiseman? They're going to trade Embiid now. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I'm just saying that the draft Anthony Edwards is not a good pick. Just the fact that. He said he was like, if the NFL would draft me tomorrow, I'd be like, like, yeah. He bro. said that he doesn't even watch basketball. Eh? Yeah, he's like, I'm kind of, kind of bored. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, why would you draft this guy? That's Minnesota. Minnesota just does Man. stupid stuff like that. Should have drafted me. Two point guards. Well. <laughs> no, but there's also the fact, like, when they drafted two point guards instead of Steph Curry. Yeah, Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Although I do love Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Yeah, and Johnny Flynn had some big moments, but did he? Still. <laughs> yeah, he had that. He had that like that game. Remember that game in um, it was in Madison Square Garden. I think it was versus. Uh, What's it? It was Syracuse versus I forgot who, but they went to like six overtimes. They went to like six overtimes, and he had a crazy game. I actually remember that. I remember Johnny Flynn had really big feet. <laughs> Why you, like you got no? Because there was an article about <laughs> there was an article about him having like huge feet, and he was supposed to be taller, but he was in like an accident as a kid. <laughs> there was a whole thing that story. came out like around the draft. It was like, so okay, funny. well, he's not taller. Too bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I got pretty big feet too. I never grew. Like not, that's, not crazy. that's a feet. funny. That, that that's a terrible story. <laughs> Man, I'm just it just shows you how plugged in I am to the game, bro. I know everyone's foot size. 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. I just, but the thing is, it's actually one thing Mike has taught me. Like Mike, the coach at Berbeth, he actually when he recruits, he looks at that stuff already. He looks at hand size. He looks at all this different stuff. It's weird. Like this guy looks at foot size. Everything, man. Everything. Like he, he literally shook this guy's hand. This recruit we went to just check out. He went to watch his game. And he shook his hand after, and he's like, small hands. And this, he's like, I don't know anymore. I was like, what the fuck? This guy would have never signed me. Yeah, he wouldn't have signed me either. I was like, what? What do you mean? Like this like, this guy's hands like are slightly points. below average size. He'll never yeah. play for my team. He's like, no. He's like, it makes no sense. But yeah. Man, but he's got to be the only coach in Montreal that's like really yeah. actively recruiting, no? No, no. Uh, Momo does an amazing job. Momoral C does an amazing job, and then uh, Vanny does an amazing job. Like every time we talk to recruits that we're interested in, they're always like, "Oh, it's between you guys and Vanny and Momo." You know, it's like really? it's always that, yeah. And Vanny is yeah. this. I mean, this is getting niche again for everybody that's in here. But Vanier's Vanier's coach retired, right? Yeah, but he's still involved uh, for sure. You know, because he puts a lot of uh, money into the program, and that's why okay. Vanny has like the best gear. You know, yeah. Um, He's a because he's like a lawyer, right? Yeah, he's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. He had an amazing career, and he finished off with two championships. Man, he but, just sent the guy to the league. Man, guy went straight from his team to the league. Yeah, I think I think that's why he just left on top. You know, because you're like, yeah, it's not, I'm not gonna do this again. Might as well just Fair <laughs> move on top. You know, we'll just, can't yeah, get any absolutely. better than that. Yeah, that's the thing. If we send a guy straight to the NBA, I'm gonna quit too. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, all right, my job's done here. And I'm just gonna go live with that guy in a condo somewhere. I'm just gonna play 2K and I'm gonna go to his games. That's a that's a very reasonable thing to do, my friend. <laughs> Exploit our athletes. Yeah. <laughs> just just live with him and track his foot size, see if anything happens. Hey, how, how are your feet looking today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, man. Uh, this has been fun, man. This has been really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to do this again anytime, man. For sure, man. All right, so that's it for today's pod. Big thank you to Inti. We had a really, really nice, interesting conversation about coaching there. And a big thank you to anyone who's made it this far in the podcast. I will see you guys again soon, and you guys can expect to hear more from Inti probably next week. Have a good day, guys.